Welcome to another episode of Made in Lancashire. We catch up with Alan Reed and Jane Binion, so let's get on with it. Hello there, I'm Shat, Shat, ah, I need to stop saying things like that, don't I? I am sat in the uh, Shout Connect offices here on the docks at uh, Preston, just before Christmas, although you're probably listening to this after Christmas, but we're sat here with Alan Reed. Now, Alan, for those who you who've not come across him, got a bit of a roundabout way to getting what it. Anyhow, I'll let Alan I'll let Alan introduce himself, and then he can tell you what he's about. Hey, Jill, it's great to be here. Yes, how did I get here? Um, <laughs> Thirty years of my life, I worked in industry. I was a design engineer. Initially, ended up being the managing director of a company which made machines, which went all over the world. About six years ago. I changed tack in my life uh, and I sold the shares I had in the business and moved into into business support, growth support, whichever way you want to look at it, and spent a couple of years in grant funding uh, and I've just recently finished uh, three years working with Boost, which was great, working with companies across the county, mainly manufacturing companies, just to figure out the best way for them to grow and what support was out there for them. Uh, however, I recently had another uh, slight change in my life, and now I work for UK <laughs> Innovate Edge, which is all about business support again, but focused on uh, using innovation for companies to improve what they do, to improve how they make things, what they make, how they distribute it, the, everything that's involved in how a business operates. So it's Innovate UK Edge, and I'm a growth specialist. Now I noticed there, you see, you put the word edge on the end, on the end of Innovate UK. Yes. Does that mean there's... And this is the bit that tends to confuse listeners, is they very often will hear Innovate UK bandied about all over the place, but they don't realise that they have different styles of innovate. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but you're working for edge... What's the difference? I mean, are you all one body or is it just you deal with different things? Innovate UK Edge is the government's service supporting businesses who wish to innovate as an overarching top organisation, right at the very top. Edge is the bit which provides a big chunk of the services around innovation, around growth, which tends to be a number of different services provided one-to-one to the company. To add an extra layer of complexity, I actually work for RTC North who deliver the edge support right from uh, the Wirral all the way up to Northumberland, so right across the north of the UK. Uh, I'm part of a team of 36 specialists, all with different backgrounds, who will spend a number of hours with businesses uh, with support that can include investment readiness, business planning, uh, concept design, uh, R&D planning, all the way up to the bit that everybody knows about, which is the Smart Awards and the, the Edge UK funding. So, so a business is sat listening now and they're thinking, yeah, we've got something in mind, but we don't know where to go. Where's the first place they should go to then to carry on continuing the process? Um. First and foremost, I would say if you're in Lancashire, I would chat with Boost. 
Uh, I haven't left a business, uh, an organisation that I don't like. I love it, and it provides superb support. That can be the first step. Yeah. However, uh, what I would say is that uh, uh, as, a, as a local guy in Lancashire, assuming that you're in Lancashire, I'd be keen to talk to any <laughs> business who, who has some kind of aspiration to do something different, to innovate, to, you know, to make a better, better product, make the same product in a different way, whatever you want to do. And it might not even be manufacturing, it can be education. Yeah, because quite a few people think, when they hear the word innovation, they think it's a derivation of the word to invent. But it's not, is it? it it's changing a process, it's changing a way of approaching something, it's changing a way of, of sort of... They don't seem to realise that innovation falls within that as well, do they? Let's do something different. Yeah. You know, that's how we're doing it today, and that's what it costs us. How else can we do that? I mean, we're working with clinics, who are working with people who have eating disorders. We're talking about um, bringing different techniques, and I almost said something I couldn't do then, because that's still secret at the moment. We're working with the business, <laughs> but with different techniques to really help people who have heat eating disorders, you know. So it could be absolutely anything. I'm working with a, an organisation that provides support around STEM for youngsters coming out of school, do they do an apprenticeship? Do they go to university? Do they go to college? Do they just go straight into work? What are the options? What mm. it, working with an organisation who's trying to figure out the best way, and that'll involve innovation. So it can be absolutely anything, Jill, at all. Yeah. That's good news then for listeners, because as I say, a lot of people seem to think that they have to have some weird and wacky new invention, whereas, as you say, no, it's, it's just approaching it differently um, and tweaking potential processes that they've already got in the business then? Everything we see around us <clears throat> at some point, whether it's a pair of glasses like this you can see on the desk in front of you there, yeah. or inside your laptop, or this desk, which is completely different to a desk that we would have sat at 20 years ago, everything goes through an innovation process in its life and continues to be innovative. The big innovations are the ones like such as, we all know about the iPhone, who yeah. thought we'd have a piece of glass in a pocket 20 years ago, which was actually <laughs> your telephone. Oh, and your, and your phone. Uh, sorry, and your, and your video camera. And, uh, and, your cam <laughs> and, and everything it can do. You, and you your know. bank and your yes. shop. and your, Yes. Yeah. Who would have thought that 20 years ago? Well, somebody did. Uh, and mm. <laughs> obviously not me, because I'm sat here <laughs> talking to you today. <laughs> but that, it's, it's that nature. So any business in Lancashire who, who has some thoughts, some aspirations to do something different, has an idea. I'm happy to talk to them. We can offer a number of levels of support from a very light touch, which might be five or six of my hours um, when we're one of my colleagues, combination of us, uh, uh, just to get somebody going. There's no real serious outcomes we're looking at for that. We just want to help businesses. Idea that then feel, fills into, feeds into our uh, full edge support. And we talked about edge. Yeah. And the edge support can be minimum minimum 35 hours of people's time and and a number of us uh, uh, if it's a mechanical engineering issue it could well be me if it's ip might be me might be somebody else you know if, it, yeah. if it's a digital issue it probably won't be me but there will be somebody <laughs> in that in this team who, who has those sort of skills you know uh, and you kind of work with other programs that are out there as well don't you because i mean at the end of the day we're all here to ensure that whatever area we're working in 
uh, prospers and grows. So, yeah, you'd be working with colleagues at AMRC. You might be working with colleagues at, at you know, growth manufacturing, all sorts of, of different things. All of the above and more. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I've learned this last three years is there's a wealth of support out to businesses. Mm. But if we don't coordinate how that support gets into businesses, uh, you'll either get something you don't need or you'll get yeah. something twice or you won't get anything that you needed whatsoever. There's all sorts of ways. And a part of my role still <coughs> in Lancashire now is to work with the ecosystem, the universities, the colleges. Yeah. Um, Blackburn College, Burnley College, doing stuff with them already. UCLan have always had a good connection in there. AMRC, like you said, without yeah. a shadow of a doubt, you know, and, and uh, EIC as well at UCLan. We as an organisation at EDGE can provide a lot of advice and skills and almost an extra person in the boardroom at times. We can help somebody get a grant. Somebody wants to make a, a, a quick, uh, knock a quick uh, prototype up. Let's talk to AMIC, let's talk to EIC, let's get them working together yeah. to make what that organisation needs and it'll be funded. Yes, because uh, I think, I think uh, from talking to people, I think one of the main concerns a lot have is they think of Innovate UK and the first thing that comes to mind when they think Innovate UK or that comes into the mind is funding and applying for it. And they've all been on the website where they're all listed with the eligibility, the scope, how much you can have, how little you can have, who you must work with. Um, and I know that that can scare some people away. I don't think that's something you can do on your own as a no. business. Uh, I have, uh, out of the team of 36, we've probably got six people who really focus on helping business get those big grant awards. And yeah. we're talking big, we're talking hundreds of thousands in some instances. We're talking more than one bite of the cherry. Uh, we're talking long-term support. We love something like that if it's involving also maybe a supply chain, maybe an educational organisation to do some research, you know, whether that's AMIC or a university, yeah. all that kind of stuff, bringing up different organisations together to achieve that end goal. Uh, the grant money is serious money. It's taxpayers' money and it needs to be spent very wisely and that's what I yeah. think we're here to ensure. And I think also, yeah, as you say, it's that whole application process of knowing how much information to put on or always worrying that you're not putting enough in the application. Now, um, as I've mentioned a couple of times before on this podcast, Innovate UK have a YouTube channel which will talk you through the basics of what it is you need to think about while you're doing funding. So, you know, if you're a little bit scared... Go have a look at the YouTube channel to start with, just to make you feel a bit more confident. And then, what, do they get in touch with your colleagues then, if they've got something? Or? It, it's, it's perfect good sense to do that. But yeah. ultimately, um, the company will still need to make a connection to us. Yeah. Uh, we have various systems, like any organisation does for people to send inquiries <coughs> in. Uh, you can contact myself directly a lot of people in Lancashire know me, so if you're already working with an organisation, ask them to put in touch with me. The easiest way is find me on LinkedIn. Yes. Drop me a message on LinkedIn, I'll get back to you, and we'll arrange a face-to-face, -face, a Teams, a Zoom, exactly. a, a phone call, you know, whatever it needs. Yeah. Yes, Alan's the one on LinkedIn that's got initials after his name. 
Now, I'm just saying that because sometimes when you put your name in, half a dozen people come up saying, you know, Alan Reed, MBA. I never thought of that. <laughs> okay. It's a simple way of making sure yeah, people well, have got the right yeah. you, yes. I'm the little bloke in Lancashire, that's who I am. <laughs> you can't really see that on oh, LinkedIn, no, Alan. No, no, you can't. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes, you in that case, yes, perhaps you need to have your profile photograph a taken photograph. Next, next, next to a tape measure if you want to get that somebody one Somebody who's very tall. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Freddie Flintoff. You next to Freddie Flintoff <laughs> might, might give an indication. Bless him. Hope it gets better soon. Right. So people know then, find you on LinkedIn is a good start. Yes. Um, and if you think you might be connected to him, just go introduce yourself to him. You know, you've got nothing to lose by sending a quick message across to Alan, um, even if it's only to remind him of who you are. Always worth a chat. It's exactly. always worth a chat. Yeah. yeah. Don't ask, don't get. Mm. I think my father taught me that from about the age of four years old. Don't ask, don't get. And it, it is a complicated support uh, um or a series of organisations in Lancashire. It is all, all over the world, I'm sure, but in Lancashire. Mm. So it's always good to have a chat with myself or one of the Boost team as well, yeah. or yourself, Jill, yeah. uh, because it's amazing how many of us know the folk and we'll know of a particular instance. That's what you're looking at. Yeah. Your first bet, go and have a talk to, talk, talk to Jill about that. And then it'll go from there. And then, yeah, we just we just pass it on. And mm. uh, as we say, somebody knows somebody usually in the support field who can, might not get it right first time when they pass you on, but at least you'd know that people are looking out for you then. So, yeah. Right. Now, at this point, listeners will realise that I like to throw oddball questions. Um, now, usually it's things like heroes and deep dark secrets and but because it's coming up to christmas alan mm. what's the strangest christmas present you've ever received the strangest christmas presents yeah. good grief you must have had one or two over the years <laughs> ones that you've thought really um that's a really quite a difficult question to answer because blimey hmm <laughs> okay, a couple of things spring to mind. It's not quite a present once, but I was I was once asked to wear a plastic Santa outfit to deliver some presents one Christmas. Oh, lovely! <laughs> yeah, it was, I was uh, uh, my now wife uh, and then girlfriend, soon to become fiance. Uh, um, we still go to church. Uh, she was she always was very involved in church, and the vicar said, uh, "Would you drop these presents off at this family?" It's a long time ago. It would have been the nineteen eighties. You got a car, Ellen? Yes, I have. Yeah. And so there's one guy there in this really smart Santa outfit, you know, the fur and the big red lush yeah, thing. I'll get suits. you always. I thought, this is great. I'm looking for that. He comes out with something which, which is akin to a, a bin bag in red. <laughs> 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 and I thought, right. And I remember going to this one particular house uh, down on Aircroft in Blackburn and knocking on this door and, and the mum going and getting this kid. This kid was terrified of me, of this rustling <laughs> bulk in the doorway. It's got and I'm thinking... Shiny bin sack, I'm shouting yeah. off someone who's got a cigarette lighter around here, I'll be gone. Um, so, <laughs> so that was not quite a, a Christmas present. Strange Christmas present. I can tell you one of my favourite Christmas presents. Go on then, tell right, me your favourite right. one. And then. I was probably getting too old by this point, but I was probably 15 or 16 before my dad finally bought me a scale electric set. Oh. Yeah, and I've still got that to this day. 
yes. My youngest has got a scare electric yeah. somewhere. Yeah, and it was just as the whole thing was going out because at that point it yeah. was coming video games. You know, and and I think. But they did make a comeback scale. They're popular again now. My youngest is in his twenties, and he got a James Bond. I bought him a James Bond one. They've come back again now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's probably Tonka Toys. Oh, there's an innovation. Tonka Toys, eh? Still have lots of old toys that I should have thrown away years ago, but I can't now because of the plastic situation. We've got to stop putting plastic in the ground. (laughs) Yes. What on earth do we do with them all? I don't know. I don't know. Old, there old you enough. go. Somebody come up with an innovation to get rid of old plastic toys without ruining the world. If, if <laughs> Sorry, what was that, Sarah? Roads? Oh, sorry. Sarah right. Gaskell, colleague at the, uh, the skills, is just listening in the background. She just shouted out that we need to have roads made out of plastic. It's astounding when you can reuse things. I've seen... Um, broken car screens ground up and they go into traffic cones. Yes, I've seen that one and too, that yeah. And glitters when you're driving along at night. Yeah, that is a proper innovation that not only does it provide a super it's product... Such, it's such a sensible idea is, if you think about it, isn't it? And traffic it? cones have a long life. So, yeah. Yeah, if you think about it, you, you want a traffic cone that's going to glisten, don't you? So, yeah. You do, yeah. So... So simple when you think about it. Say, there you go, innovation. You just have to put your head on and think about it. Innovation is all around us, (laughs) everywhere we look. (laughs) Isn't that a song from Love, actually, that one? (laughs) All around us. So you can tell it's Christmas and we're getting a bit silly now. It doesn't quite fit in, does it, that? No. No, (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to sing. They'll ban me. Maybe next year. We'll probably have to pay copyright on it as well, so no, we won't go down that route. Well, it's been lovely chatting to you, Alan. And you, and you. With input from Sarah. She's waving at us. Like, like you listeners can see her <laughs> waving. <laughs> um, so, yes, you'll be able to listen to this in the new year. But like I said, we, we all did it on our, our last few days before Christmas, being a bit silly. So have a good Christmas, Alan. And the same to you, Jill. And a lovely, a lovely 2023. OK, thank you. I'm sat here now today with a lady called Jane Binion. Now, hopefully my listeners will have heard of Jane because, don't take this the wrong way, Jane, she's been around for a few years now. Absolutely, I have, it's true. So, yeah, so we're having a chat with Jane because, um, I mean, I've I've known Jane for a lot of years prior to uh, the Growing Club when she was one of the first ones that was in this thing called social media way back in the day. Do you remember that, Jane? I do remember. I was one of the early, early peeps, wasn't I? Exactly. So, yeah. So what are you doing now then, Jane, for those that don't know who you are? All right. Hi, Jill. Thanks for having me on this. This is great. Uh, so I now run a social enterprise called The Growing Club, which um, doesn't actually have anything to do with gardening at all. Uh, We grow women. Um, So the organisation is all about employment and enterprise skills training for women. Um, And we focus, we're in Lancaster, uh, so we're on those borders. Um, 
So we tend to work with women in North Lancashire, South Lakes and, um, and the borders of Yorkshire. Um, but uh, women come to us from all over. If it's what they want to do, then they find their way to get there. And of course, now, because of COVID, um, we're increasing, we are taking our work online as well, yeah. um, which means we reach more women. Yeah, you've got a slightly it's it's I suppose it's one of the good things to come out of COVID is that people's reach has broadened because people are now not scared of using online. Absolutely. We would never have considered taking our work online because it's that face-to-face -face group work that is so special about our work. It's all peer work. So peer yeah. uh, our trainers are peer trainers, um, and it's all peer support. Um, we would never have dreamt of taking that online uh, until we had to with COVID. As a result, we've now developed an e-course platform and um, have our main courses on there, which is our startup course and our business growth course. And now we're adding bite-sized courses to that as well. Okay, well, when people think of support you obviously think if you're in Lancashire you think of Boost and if you're elsewhere you think of other growth hubs um, but you actually um, tend to work with with people that they don't tend to as well as the bigger the sort of slightly bigger ones as well don't you you, you sort of don't have a qualifying criteria I no, we don't. Um, we attract the women that want to work with us. Um, and you're right, in the beginning, we set up the organisation in 2016 because um, women running micro businesses were actively ignored yeah. by uh, business growth because they didn't fit the criteria. Most women that start a business are working B2C business to consumer rather than business to business um, and they are in the um, fields that business growth traditionally wasn't interested in. Uh, retail, maybe making cakes, you know, whole range of things like that, that quite honestly were not being taken seriously despite those women combined adding millions of pounds to the economy. Um, and it meant that those women, even though they were running micro-orgs, if they wanted support, they had to pay for it, whereas large businesses got it free. Yeah. Um, so it didn't make sense. I could see what was happening for women. The same issues uh, were coming out over and over again. So we did an experiment and started working with them. Uh, and now, all these years later, we're still going strong and have worked with over 800 women so far. And we're tiny. We're really tiny. There's obviously a lovely big market out there of women who appreciate what you do then if you've had 800 of that have worked with you. There's, you know, they've hopefully you've got a big section of those who've gone on to bigger things, maybe. I oh, don't know. Yeah. Some women don't have the ambition, do they? Well, some people don't have the ambition, um, you know, and we're, we're okay with that. Um, this fast growth, high growth, hurry up thing, it doesn't work for me around sustainability. 
we have seen lots of organizations grow really fast and then they can't keep it up and and the owners have a heart attack so you know we wanted to do things differently and we do not define success for the women that come to us they get to define success for themselves um, and as long as they're hitting their targets and developing and moving forward then we celebrate that because we know that they are now using their skills to earn an income. And I think that is amazing. Yeah, I mean, um, until recently, um, you were on the innovation board at the LEP, which is one of the organizations, or, I can't even say the word today, one of the organizations that obviously Innovate Lancashire um, responds to, um, answers to, pick appropriate word insert here um but you've now moved on from that did you enjoy your time on the innovation board do you think you managed to do what you wanted to um the innovation board was one I was invited to and I wasn't quite clear of my role but we um our organization uh our agenda is social innovation um, and that's really important, and that was acknowledged by um, the, the board. But of course, mostly innovation is seen as engineering and digital, and that took up the largest part of the time. Um, um, after we wrote the uh, Growing Women, Growing Lancashire report, instead, we launched uh, a Women in Enterprise Forum for the county. Um, and we're a tiny social enterprise. If I'm on at all these meetings, then I can't be doing my work. So I prioritised the uh, Women and Enterprise Forum um, because I knew uh, what difference I could make on that one. I do know that social innovation is now being more talked about. So hurrah for that. Yes. But there are so many. It, it's like the whole word innovation. There are so many definitions in people's minds what it is that also I think social innovation is going down that route at the moment in that people are not quite sure what it's about, what it is, what it isn't. And there are quite a few uh, definitions. I mean, for me. For me personally, social innovation is responding to a social social situation. Yeah. Um, so to me, that's what that means. But a lot of other people, it means lots of other things. So, yeah, I'm open to hearing. What do you think your quick two line definition of social innovation is? Um, well, it is what you say, but uh, but responding in new ways, in better ways, um, you know, I, you know, we have many, many social problems in this country um, and for a lot of it, we just keep doing the same old, same old. And what is the, uh, what's the expression? Definition of insanity is uh, doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome. But actually, we're not investing in social innovation. It's like, oh, we'll have an app for that. But actually, apps, marvellous, wonderful, they don't always address the, that other need. Um, and, you know, we need to rethink around many of our social problems. Huge amounts of money are going 
there, but they're not changing anything. Yeah. I think it's going to be high on the agenda moving forwards now because I think people are finally realising that there are things that are not being adapted and yet there are better ways of doing things. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a question of watch this space, hopefully, and we can all but encourage people to start thinking about it, doing it and talking about it. Of course, for me, the thing about um, social innovation is, you know, little social enterprises like ours. I mean, we have uh, 2.5 employees and £150,000 turnover. We're tiny, OK, but we're grassroots. And that is the wonderful thing for me. There are a lot of grassroots social enterprises changing things quietly, I know I'm noisier than most, but changing things quietly and just getting on with it. Um, and, and that, for me, is, is the social innovation. We're changing things from grassroots level uh, and it's seeping through upwards, I suppose, to the traditional way of those that make the decisions deciding it's going to happen this way and it may or may not seep downwards. Yes, and I know exactly where you're coming from on that. Um, I suppose I've taken up quite a bit of your time, so I have to say thank you for that. Uh, before we finish, I always like to throw out a question at my, um, my willing um, victims, sorry, guests, just to sort of make them a bit more human. So... Um, we won't do the embarrassing. I thought that was very clever. Who would I like? Uh, gosh, uh, my daughter, always, always. Uh, I love her company. And then Mayo Angelo was such an inspiration for me. I was lucky enough to see her in somewhere like Burnley, of all places. Um, oh, she really was an inspiration. And... Um, Oh, gosh, who else? I think Tony Benn. Um, really? A wonderful socialist. Yeah. Um, and, and interesting, he managed to marry his background with really understanding social change. Uh, so, yeah. Very, very, clever, very, clever, very clever man, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, yes. really. And he got it. He just got it. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. Thanks for that. Usually I get people umming and ahhing and coming up with Elvis Presley and somebody else to that question. So that uh, makes a nice change. Oh, well, I wouldn't mind Elvis coming. <laughs> he can play the music in the background, can he? Exactly. While you're yeah. 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 Good man. Yeah. So how can people find out more about the Growing Club? Do they just simply Growing Club Lancaster into Google and you'll come up? Or? Um, yeah, if you Google the Growing Club, uh, or you can ring us on, now let me get this right, 01524 383846. Let me write, I've got to write it down. Um, uh, or email jane at the or, of course, they can always find you on LinkedIn, I'm sure. LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it, we're there. Yes. If, if, you know, from, from your social media background, if you're not on all of them, yes, you want shooting. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jill. <laughs> it's been lovely to chat to you, Jane. 
Thank you. Thank you. So let me just. Jill, I need to check our phone number. I'm really, I'm, I'd be horrified if I just given out the wrong number. Number have you given out? Um, oh, well, well, the first bit's right, isn't it? Because that's. 383846. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Brilliant. I right. once, I once created a flyer and put my mom's phone number on it. <laughs> but she loved you. Right, so um, I will do this tomorrow. It's going out tomorrow, this podcast, along with... Uh, I've done one with um, Alan Reed, so it'll be a two, two-hander, two you and Alan Reed in different Who's sections. Who's Alan Reed? Well, he used to work for Boost, and now he's working for Innovate UK. Ah, he's okay. engineer. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes, uh, uh, Alan Reed, MBA. Oh, lovely. Whereas yes. I'm MBA. <laughs> I am mine. <laughs> I'm PIA. What's that? Pain in the ass. <laughs> okay, I like that. Great. Yeah. So no, so when I when I when I put it out tomorrow, I'll um I want to stick it on the I'll put the link on LinkedIn and I'll include you so that you can go and um spread the word or tell people or just hide or whatever okay. it is you want to do. And I will I will look forward to finding out whether or not you kept the Nigel Farage joke in. I think I possibly will. Right. It's all about humour. It's all about, yeah, exactly. It is, it is. Yeah, okay. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thanks for that then, Jane. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Jill. Take care. Bye. So, that's it for this time. I hope you enjoyed those two chats we got through. I do have to apologise for the sound quality. I moved house, uh, lost part of my all singing or dancing microphone. Note to self, stop and go and find it immediately. If you want to leave any questions and you're listening on Spotify, simple to do, you can leave us a voice one. If you'd like to get involved and appear on our podcast, give us a shout. We're on all the socials. And of course, don't forget our website, innovatelancashire.co.uk. Catch up with you soon. Toodles.